Um, they have so much stupid young talent now. <laughs> this is a this is the start of the podcast because Chris and I were about to start the podcast, and um, we just found out that the Cavaliers acquired Donovan Mitchell, and I'm pretty crushed. Oh man, I'm like devastated. <laughs> This is this is Pete Nix. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. I don't know. I don't know if this is gonna make it. I'm just like texting. I'm like texting. I'm I'm sending things. I'm I'm pretty pretty pissed right now, Chris. Yeah, I can uh, understand. I want to know what the holdup was for the for the Knicks. Was it R.J. Barrett? <laughs> What, what what was it? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm waiting to see what they got for it. I mean, good for the Cavs, I guess. People oh, seem I'm happy. stupid excited. I'm stupid excited for Donnie. If for anything, just being in the East and able to watch on TV and I can't. Yeah. I like I I can't believe I, I like sincerely like my first gut reaction. <laughs> I can yeah, just 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 go in. I'm gonna step away, and you just you just. I cannot believe rent. that this franchise has now taken two opportunities for a guy who's perfect for the fucking franchise and said no thanks two times now. I don't even care what it's it's three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps. The yeah, Knicks had Chris. that. The Knicks had that, Chris. Oh. The Knicks had more than that, and they didn't do it. I, I'm just like I'm I'm floored. I'm pissed as hell. This is classic Knicks. Just classic. I cannot believe this. The Knicks well, made these terrible trades on draft night for this reason. Yeah, and now you have overpaid Jalen Bronson, and yeah, there's that. Um, as it relates to Dottie. I think this probably puts Cleveland third in the East. I'm happy for Donnie. I I will say, let me say this. Milwaukee Knicks or Milwaukee Nets, them, Heat. Heat, Celtics. 76ers. Celtics. Yeah, I mean, it's still pretty loaded, I guess, but that's. But still, he's in the top three to five teams in the East now. Um, Let me, let me say this about Don and and Cleveland. Um, This is the type of, that's the Cleveland's the type of market Don needed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, 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 there was always like, um, with, with Utah now that he's gone, like, I always felt like there was like a level of like, not, I don't even know if it was on his part. It was like both sides trying too hard to make it seem like John was like a member of that community. And I don't think that's going to be hard. It it was Chris Mack and Bobo. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, like, that's a great as, far, point. as far as the, I know you're texting right now, that's why the, the immediate reaction doesn't happen. But as far as like the community fit, yeah, it, it never worked. And Cleveland just seems to to set him well as a city, as a fit, as a player for the franchise. But that sucks for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I, I'm I'm pretty livid. Uh, I'm pretty livid. I, I texted what the fuck four times to four different people. I'm just patiently waiting. I'm getting sorries. I'm getting sorries. I'm getting <laughs> sorries. Yeah. Three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps. 
you already said that just kind of reiterating it and uh yeah okay let's um let's let's talk about <laughs> college football <laughs> we need that I'm, I'm patiently waiting for uh the Stephen A. Smith rant that'll be coming anytime. But it's like soon. the same thing. Like, why do they keep letting the same things happen? The yeah, same you can only, things. You you can only talk about the failures of the Knicks so many different ways. Like, well, just pull the fucking trigger. Pull the trigger. Yeah. I can't. I can't even. I don't. I don't know, man. Let's move on. Let's talk okay. about what we wanted to talk about to open the show before we do this whole football preview. And that was the, uh, the moment for Jack Harlow. (laughs) Uh, What this means, what this means to the college football world that he is seemingly with no ties to Ohio state or Notre Dame, the, uh, the guest picker on college game day to open the, the, the college football season. What was your reaction when you saw, when you saw that, Jack Harlow was going to be the guest picker. Uh, this is weird. <laughs> like, I mean, cool. It's good, but it's good. <laughs> there is like, we, we talked about this in the last podcast. There are all these little things like that, that happen that do remind you. And I can't put it into the proper words. So it's not really great for a podcast, but there are these things like this that remind you that this is truly the national sport. Now, and it also kind of reminds you that college basketball is like slipping more and more into a, like just a relevancy. And that feels like a wild thing to say because I'm basing this off of, you know, Jack Harlow being a guest picker for college <laughs> game day. But it's like this, all this has to do is, I mean, you said the same thing. Yeah. I'm kind of taking the words out of your mouth, but all this is for is to pull some young viewers in get them looking at the college football teams and hope that they stay for the year, you know, gravitate towards one of these big teams and watch these games all season. That's, that's really it's, the it's, only reason this makes any sense. This, I think like college football fans who are like concerned about this, like look at this situation, like the same way you would look at the NFL kickoff. Like they have some concert that doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. that's what they're trying to do. They're like, Oh yeah. You know, they sat they sat in a room. ESPN producers sat in a room with some game day producers. I'm sure the game day producers hate this, by the way. I just want to make that clear. I'm sure they hate this as much as random people do. And said, who can we bring in to get Gen Z, you know, broad term, younger people involved, like you said. And it was Harlow. And Harlow has Harlow does have the Louisville connection. I think they that, that probably came into the fact that like this guy cares about college sports. He's not unknowledgeable about college sports. He's not, he's not bro country guy. Number 76 Uh that matters here. Uh, And you know what? I'm going to say it. He's white. I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to say it. You know, it's not, we're not asking, uh, you know, we're not asking the baby to come in and talk about college sports, you know, like we're not, it's, 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 that matters at a hundred percent matters. Um, and you know, I love the shit out of Jack Harlow, uh, but it's super funny 
um, in that situation. And it's you're exactly right. It's the nationalization. It's this is what we think all of these people will like, not actually what all of these people care about. When you think of Ohio State and Notre Dame, you are not thinking of Jack Harlow. Like there are other people, I think someone put out the list for Ohio State, like it's going to be a massive game. LeBron James is coming. Like how is not your first, second, third, fourth, fifth call LeBron James? That's that's a great point. But I I think what we're saying in broader terms is this is just another way of college football to kind of gravitate fans to like five or six teams. Yes. Right. Like it's becoming this sport where it's Ohio State, Notre Dame, Mm-hmm. Alabama, it, even Georgia to a lesser extent, they're a part of this, but mm-hmm. they're like even second fiddle, even being the defending national championships. It's it's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and USC. Yes. And that's that's it, right? Yeah. Texas. Because USC, <laughs> I mean, yeah, te- te- Texas is always going to be a thing, and it's the same way with USC, who hasn't been good for so long, but you're still going to have the forced gravitational pull for USC to be back or Texas right. to be back or Notre Dame to be good when they're not going to be good because that's the way they want it. And just following up on, there were some players moved. Um, Colin Sexton was Sexton's moved. the only, uh, the only name. I mean, Abaji, the- I mean, marketing's pretty solid. Nice solid role player. Abaji, mm. who I'm not high on at all um, from Kansas, obviously um, national championship MLP, but I'm not really high on him, but those, those were the three players moved. I mean, I just I, like in the worst situation for the for the three unprotected first round picks, like you're just you're, you're I don't know what the years are for that. But like over the next like five, if you're saying it's the next five years for these first round picks and pick swaps, like you're not looking at anything like better than the end of the lottery. Yeah, right? but could the could the net Knicks match that from a player perspective? Those from a player perspective. <sighs> I, I don't I'd have to do more analysis and thinking. I mean, the picks, the Knicks picks that they had were not great. The like the extra yeah. ones they compiled were not you that moved, good. You, you would have moved Randall, probably. No, right? They wouldn't take it. They wouldn't take Randall. They okay, would have moved so Grimes he, and Toppin. They would have moved Grimes and Toppin and probably someone else. That's not enough. It's not enough. Com- compared to yeah, compared to Sexton and Laura Marketing, I I don't think that's enough. But now you have Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, C.D. Osman, um, Jared Allen, and Donnie. So that's that's their five. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, the more I think about it, the more I think that that's um, that's more that that's more than I think the Knicks were were even able. I think to put up. This, I don't know. Any, anyway, I, 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 I got to not talk about this. So <laughs> but no, yeah. the, the Harlow part of it, it's just like you said, it's what we talked about last year. This is a, 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 a constellation of regional fan bases that there now Fox, that, that CBS, Fox and ESPN are going to try to convince you are a national league. They are going to try to get people from L.A. and New York to care about Alabama, Georgia. That is what that is. the That, that is the number one thing the Disney ESPN executives, producers are trying to figure out right now. How are we going to get people? I don't know, Chris. I, 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 I'm as, a new, as, a, as a New Yorker, is that going to work to get 
No. People I, from New York to care about SEC football, even though it's so huge and feels so massive living in Louisville, Kentucky, SEC kind of runs things in the South, but getting that market, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's a, it's, I mean, that's the billion dollar question, right? What, what, did, what did Disney ESPN pay? $7 billion. That's the $7 billion question is, can we get this to work? You know, they can market the shit out of it in the Southeast and they will, and it will, it will be fine in Atlanta, Tennessee, in Nashville, in Austin, in Miami, and it will be fine in those areas of the country and, you know, in Charlotte it's, but that's, that's like, you know, New York is two of all of those put together, right? Like New York and LA are three of all of those put together. And that's where the, that's where they have to make their money. So uh, it, it's, it's going to be fascinating. I, I, I feel like, um, and the thing about like these big, the, they're going to always at the beginning, they're going to be able to say, okay, this is the first time that Texas and Alabama have played each other in an SEC conference game. This is the first time that Oklahoma and Georgia have played each other in, a, in an SEC conference game. And that's going to work for two or three years, but that's not going to work for 12 years. Right. So that's yeah. the interesting thing. You know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a lot of questions. People much, you make a lot more money than you and I um, are, are trying to figure out the answer to these questions. And if you don't think Jack Harlow is the first missile over the bow of that type of <laughs> battle, then I don't know what to tell you. There's nothing to like, I was just saying, Oh, why didn't you call LeBron James? But it has nothing to do with, with Ohio state and Notre Dame, the game, they could, they could be doing game day anywhere in the country and it's clear this is their first trying to figure out this new way of marketing college football. And it looks yeah. so much more like the NFL. That's yeah, and I think that's, I think that's a good way to put it. It's kind of wild to say that he's at the forefront of it, but you're going to see, he's not going to be the only one. You're going to see this more and oh, more. 100%. We're going to see some names that are just going to be like, what? I mean, you bring up the LeBron point, but I, I don't think having them, him there brings in really – any new viewers that wouldn't already be there. I mean, maybe a, a small portion of people, but the people that are going to watch college game day for LeBron aren't, aren't going to be a huge increase of the ones that aren't already watching it. Mm. But let's preview this season. Let's talk about Syracuse. Let's talk about Central Florida and, and what's coming up the pipe for these guys. Uh, let's do it, Chris. Let's, uh, let's hit the, let's hit the intro. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Louisville is the greatest. And we're back, Chris. This is it. We are just on, just over 48 hours before Louisville takes the field against the Syracuse Orangemen. Um, so here we are, the beginning of the football season, Chris. It's been quite, quite, quite an off season. <laughs> we talked about it some last week. So, you know, I, I don't want to super rehash everything we talked about, but I, I kind of, you know, as we are here 48 hours into the season, um, I, I, I'm not, I'm going to hit you with something that I didn't even write down right here. I just kind of came up with it while thinking. Okay. Uh, I want you to describe how you feel about Louisville's upcoming season or where you are in one word. 
nervous. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I was going to say cautious, but good. So, so I'm glad we're in the same path. You go ahead. Why, why do you say nervous? <laughs> I mean, for me, it just feels like this is going to be weird to say because we're probably going to get to the end of the show. We're both going to predict these safe projections of like seven and five or six and six, most likely like everyone else is. But for me, this season over the last week or two, I've been struggling to fight this emotion to where it feels like it could go really, really well, or it could be a complete disaster. And I don't think that there's going to be like any in between. Yeah. Because I mean, you talk about the offensive line, you look at all these lists and you you read all these things like these college football previews and everywhere across the country, I think the offensive line is being even highly more highly regarded than it is low. Like people yeah. rating this offensive line in the top 15, top 20 across the country. I've even seen a few top 10s, which is wild to think about. Yes. Given to where they were when, when Scott Sat took over this program and where they are now. But what that means in a larger picture is like everything is on the table for Satterfield to do what he wants to do from an offensive perspective, just the way he wants to do it. Wants to run the ball wants to be physical with the point of attack, wants to have mobile offensive linemen that can get off blocks, that can get downfield and run these sweet plays and things like that, go side to side. And he has all that. I mean, you may have some questions with the wide receiver room. You know you don't have any questions at quarterback because you have the most experienced quarterback maybe in all of college football and one of the best from a numbers perspective that's been in Louisville in some time. So from the offensive side, you have all these things that look really, really well. But it just feels like I, I can't really put my finger on it, but it feels like Syracuse, Central Florida, or even Florida State, if one of these games goes really bad and they lose by a couple scores, that it could just torpedo the season. I don't know why I feel that way. But it feels like it's teetering. It, it does feel like, you know, for do you, do you understand where I'm coming from? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I was going to say coffee, cautious because like we talked about last week, people are bought back in. P- people are yeah. bought back in into Scott Satterfield. But it does. I have since even last week, I've listened to more to more radio, listen to more calls, listen to podcasts from from other folks, smart folks. And it feels like an uneasy piece with Satterfield. It feels like a, a even more like tenuous like stalemate than even I had felt it was. I I have told people all summer long. I said I've told people I think Scott Satterfield can go five and seven and keep his job this year. I, I I feel I feel less confident about that than I did last week. Weirdly, yeah, I don't I don't feel that I at don't, all, dude. I, 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 it's interesting because there is an optimism. There isn't an, an optimism that I think was not here last season. Um, there, there is an optimism about the future because of this, this recruiting class. And, but I think maybe just as we're getting closer to kickoff, it's like, and we, we saw these guys shit the bed, absolutely shit the bed. Why wouldn't they shit the bed again? Yeah, and I think, yeah, <laughs> I think that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, I mean, week to week in college football is more than any other sport. It's, it's an emotional extreme from week to week, more than right. any like college right. basketball and stuff like that. But even for Louisville, it felt so heightened last season 
going yes. from how you look at Duke to dominating a crappy Duke team and renewed optimism about what they thought and they could be competitive against Kentucky and they could do these things to finish the season. And you have a lot of off, off like an optimism going into the off season. Mm-hmm. And then you just had an extreme, extreme negative toxic situation at the end of the season where 60 to 70% of this fan base was calling to fire the guy. Yeah. And like, if we get to that point here, like say Louisville opens the season one and one, and maybe they lose a central Florida by double digits. And that happens again, that toxicity enters the program again. It, it almost feels like the talent on the field doesn't matter at that point. Cause it's right. just going to seep over to everything. And that's what I fear. But at the same time, it's like, shit, man, you win these first two games and you come home for Florida state. And that's the biggest, what's that? The, one of the biggest games ever. Since that's been here, I mean, it says it, it's it's it's, de- it's, about- it's absolutely the biggest sat game, the biggest game of sats Louisville career. I I, I I don't think that's a question. Like it's a hundred percent the biggest game of his career. If if we were going into O and and playing a Florida State team that's vulnerable, and it's a red out. It's it's underwhelming, <laughs> but it's 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 a team you can beat, but they're still a notable name. It's a team you can beat that that win is worth more than it would be against next, you know, a, a Boston College at home or a, a Virginia at home, right? Sure, like that team, sure. it just it just matters more. But you beat Florida State, there's a cachet to it, of course, even if they suck. Um, so it, it does feel like I, I I am more optimistic than I was in January. But I just there's just the little guy in the back of my mind that's concerned. And I think I, 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 I think the difference between three and oh and one and two is really thin. It's weirdly really thin to me. And that's what freaks me out about this, because this team and Scott Satterfield in his since his first season where he won those coin flip games over and over and over since that season, he has been so unlucky in those in and every Absolutely. ball has gone against him and and he There's, shot himself in a foot uh, so many times in those situations and they've they've yet i just wrote about this before we kind of got on doing some preview stuff for the season for some other people they've yet to have a positive turnover margin since he's been here mm-hmm. it's been even even and negative so it's like like last year they had the 11th there's an there's a stat that that you know it, it kind of ranks explosiveness. I don't know exactly how it does it. I guess it's just success rate based on the plays that go yeah. over twenty yards or, or whatever you want to do. But we'll rank eleventh in that season ago. Yeah, and went six and six. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, it, 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 there, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but like it. it I feel like you said that that part you said about the O line. Like I feel like nationally, people who not to not to diss on anyone nationally, because I do think there are people who have a better familiarity with Louisville and understand. But it does seem like people look at Louisville on paper and they say, "This is all the returning production. This is all these guys who've been on the line for two, three years now. This is the talent that's transferred in that we feel good about." And they should be positive regression, giving all those statistics. <laughs> but there's, <laughs> yeah, but it, maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's the not. Aflum, <laughs> it's the Aflum Sports preview. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. 
the Athlon and, Sports, the 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 Phil Steele preview. Yeah, Louisville should win seven games. Maybe they win nine. Maybe they win eight. You know, yeah. like no question they win seven games in the Athlon Sports preview, right? <laughs> and it just it feels like there's just so much to lose here. It could get if, like like I I I, I, I don't want to didn't expect this us to be this negative. So, I, I don't want to be this negative because there are some really really good things to like about this team. You look at the the defensive players that they have that are actually healthy, like Monty Montgomery, you know Yasser Adula, like guys in the secondary, Coach Clark, like he's healthy. They brought in a guy Jermaine Lole who is really really good by right. all camp reports who's not going to be starting right away but he's been playing tons of snaps like they have pieces on both sides of the ball i just mentioned a bunch of defensive names but you know the pieces they have on offense yes. so like there are some things to like here but i think the reason why we feel this way is because you've had nothing but positive momentum for so long but now you actually got to play the games man and it feels like <laughs> That Syracuse game is just so huge. <laughs> it's not going to be the biggest game of the season when we go through our like superlatives, but man, it's big. It's really, really big. As 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 my brother Fred has just been joking, just 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 win, Scott. Just just win this first game. Just make our lives easier. Just just win this first game against Syracuse, uh, a, a team that. It doesn't appear to be good. A coach that also is, is, co- you know, much more than Scott Southfield coaching for his, his, uh, you know, his job right now. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's really interesting um, this first game because, you know, you, you, you and I have, have talked about the, the gambling part of it, you know, Louisville, a favorite, you know, it, we're pretty heavy on the Louisville side. <laughs> we're pretty, yeah. Uh, we feel good about this, but there's just a little bit in the back of your mind. That's just like, ah, oh, man, what if they shit the bed? <laughs> so yeah. we, we, we've talked, that's, at, we've, I think we, we've definitely hit this from the overall perspective. Let's, let's, you know, you mentioned some of those names. I want to go through some of these kind of big questions, these, these very corny season preview questions and things. So uh, we, we already talked about the biggest, you know, uh, the, the vibes, um, what for you is, you know, the most exciting new addition to the team? It's probably Jermaine Lole because, you know, they, they get the transfer running back from Tennessee who, if he's healthy, could be very good. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't have any cons- – like, if he wasn't here, I wouldn't really have any concerns about running the ball because I think they're going to, you know, do their job with that. Evans is who I'm talking about. Tyree – how do you say his first name? Tyon Evans, yeah. Tyon Evans, yeah. I, I would feel fine about the running back situation regardless because I think Sat's done enough to prove that he's going to be able to, even if it's underwhelming at times, you're going to be able to do enough on offense to, to hang around in games. But we haven't had like a big defensive tackle in a really long time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you feel like can kind of affect the game. I mean, that's what's been the most underwhelming part of Scott Satterfield's error has been specifically the defensive line and not getting them, not getting pressure and winning those games, um, you know, at the point of attack. And this guy kind of feels like, you know, like a Marcus Smith type. Yes. Like a Lorenzo modern type, like something like yeah. that, that can change a I'm game. I'm glad you mentioned like those you, names. Yeah. You, you need those plays in a game, in a third quarter, you're up by a score, a team's driving, 
You need a big tackle for a loss. You need a big sack. You need a big moment. They missed that switch. so much last and, year. They and missed we that haven't, so much. Shit, missed it last year. They missed it for the last three years. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, there's been some bright spots. Ashton mm-hmm. Delati, I think he had like 19, 20 tackles last year as a freshman. That's definitely nothing yeah. to just shake off. But there hasn't been some consistent guy who's making those momentum plays. And he feels like he could be one of those types that does. So for me, it's him because we haven't had that. I don't mean to echo the same thing, but I think that's a hundred percent clear. Just, uh, you know, Tyon Evans, uh, I'm really excited for him. I think he could be an absolute star, especially for an offense that's losing, you know, lost so much in the transfer market in the wide receiver realm, just having some guy that they can lean on be, you know, we know we're going to get four yards out of this guy. We don't have to worry about Malik trying to figure it out with, with, um, you know, in, in a huge third down, just, just knowing, knowing that that's available. You know, we've joked so much about sat running the ball when he doesn't need to. Um, and, and having someone that I feel a little more comfortable about in that position, I think will go a long way, but it, it, it has to be lowly um, as we've joked and, um, you know, has been said elsewhere, you know, is he worth a win? You know, is, is he worth a, an addition yeah. to the win column? I think if you think about, like you said, those games in the past several years, where Louisville's given up those leads and it, it, Brian Brown's just, defense has just been porous and, and gas. You, you can point to a bunch of games, but just even look at the Clemson game. Yes. I mean, they're down there in the red zone. I don't know if they scored on third and go or they scored on fourth and go. But mm-hmm. what happens if you have a guy that makes a sack in the backfield and ends that game? That's what you need, man. It's a game. I mean, you feel, you feel really – I don't want to say you feel totally different because of what happens at the end of the season. But, like, mm-hmm. if they got a win against Clemson like that or if they got that win against Wake Forest, or if they got that get win against Virginia that they absolutely collapsed down the stretch yes. against. God, the Virginia one. That was the first one that came to mind. <laughs> that, that's that's the one where things turned last year for scat, for sack. I gotta stop saying scat. I've, I've, had, a lo- I've had a long week, and uh, it's catching up with me now, but I'm, we're working best. But yeah, man, you, you need those type of plays to, to end those games like that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It does. It does sound like he's, I, I don't know if he like picked up a knock, you know, over the course of camp, but they kind of resting him on the way back. I mean, it's a long season and, and God knows um, that line got gassed, obviously, towards the end of the year. Same three guys rushing and rushing three just because there just there was no depth and, and, and the depth has improved a little bit. But that's still that defensive line is still a unit that cannot just can't get hurt. Can't get injuries there. Um, but if it, but next, if you like, even for us, we don't pretend to be you know know the ins and outs of the personnel. But even right. if you just read off some of these names that are going to be back, you know some of these names like yeah yeah Diab, Desmond Till, Ashton Gelati. You've heard these guys' names, and they're all there. And to pair him with those guys, you can start to see why there's some fans that are like, man, this team's going to be really good. Yes. The, the 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 ceiling of this defense is is high. Uh, it's higher, not not elite high, but but much higher than I think it's been in the past. That's been in, in the Satterfield era. They've just got to capitalize on it. They've got to get through. But but you can also, like we said earlier, you can see the path where it it doesn't pan out. 
you get a few, you get a few injuries. Um, you know, maybe Lowly isn't, isn't what we hoped it's, they they were so done in by injuries last year, man. It was tough. Um, Mm -hmm. but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see. And I'm looking forward to Lowly on the field. I'm hoping he, he just kind of slots right in. Um, kind of go into the schedule, even though we're going to do a game by game preview. Um, what for you is the biggest game on the schedule right now? Biggest Kentucky. Okay. Still, and it's not, it's not from the perspective of go win that game because I think Kentucky's still far ahead of Louisville, but you got to be competitive in that game, man. This year you have to do it. You mm-hmm. have to do it. You can't get ran off the field by your in-state rival three years in a row. You just can't. Because everything, you know, say they, they go in that game with seven wins, which would be awesome. I would take that right now. You go into that game with seven wins, I'd take that right now. That's fine. You go into that game with seven wins, and you lose by 20 points. And then you go into some bowl game that nobody's going to watch except the two fan bases that are playing in it, and you lose that game. We are right back where we were. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Uh, you can you can take your pick on any of these games. I think there are a lot of other options for this. But for me, being competitive in that game is just massive. You always want to win that game, and I'm, you're going to go. We should go into the mindset of that game wanting to win, expecting to win even in circumstances. But you got to be competitive, man. I, I don't disagree with that. I, I, I think why I'm hesitant is because I do think Kentucky is going to be good enough and not that they're going to win by 40 points. I just, um, I've, I'm still keeping my heart. I'm, I'm still not opening my heart to that. I just, I think Stoops has our number and, um, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm skeptical that I'm skeptical for them to compete. I, I am. I, I'm not saying it's like I said, I'm not saying it's going to be 40 point. It would be nice. I mean, would you be, What's what, what does that look like to you competing? Let me ask that. What, what does that, that's so far down the road. I know we, we, both of these teams will have very different, you know, potentially very different, you know, outlooks and, and so much will have happened, but what, what does competing for you against Kentucky look like? Not even a score perspective. It's looking like you belong on the field because that's what fair. is, what has UK done every year? They have dominated both with the point of attack. Mm-hmm. And that is the most demoralizing way to lose a football game. Yep. And when you're going to the, you can't, you just can't let that be the lasting memory on some of these recruits minds that are coming in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because you put that product in the field, man. It is just so, so bad for the brand to get beat that way. You would mm-hmm. rather get beat 45 to 27 than you would like in a low scoring game, like 27 to 10 or something like that. Like, so it's not so much about, even from a score perspective, but it's just not being physically imposed and looking like you don't even belong. And that's what it's looked like. Yes. Makes, makes sense. I, I can't, I can't disagree with any of that for, for the sake of having something different. I'm going to mention, I'm going to choose mine for before to stay. I, I just think winning, you know, ass, assuming, assuming we win at, at worst, when it's Syracuse close loss at UCF, I, I think I think it's really important that they start off that home stretch. They they start out the the, the home games, home opener with a win. But I, I think yeah. that that's that will be really key to Scott Satterfield. People will always get excited for the first game of the season, for you know the first tailgate of the season. Um, it's gonna be a night game on a Friday night. Something about 
Papa John, formerly Papa John's. Sorry about Cardinal Stadium on a Friday night. Um, you know, Louisville knows how to do that. Knows how to do that really, really freaking well. Um, so I think it's really important to continue this momentum that Scott Satterfield has with the fan base and win that first game against against Florida State. I think that's the biggest um, moment. And we'll set the tone for the rest of the season. We'll talk about the individual games, but um, you know, I, I think that that one for me probably will help tell the story of the season um, more than than some of the others. Uh, a little bit different. Wanna, Go ahead. I, I just want to want to mention something like while we're in this space of like biggest games, and I want to talk about because we talk about all these close games, one score games, and stuff like that. Can we just please, for the love of God? figure out this kicking situation. <laughs> I'm reading it right now in Athlon. I've been carrying around Athlon with me for like the last few weeks because I've been previewing all these teams and I've been reading, processing so much information. But this man is just demoralizing. I'll read it to you. Kicker James Turner's accuracy slipped from 87% to 64% as he missed eight of 22 field goal attempts. Dude went from 87 to 64%. And it's two years at Lobo. Can we just not do that, please? That's a that's a twenty five percent drop, right? It's yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a game. Maybe two games. It's that's that's, a, that's probably what, two what, games, what, there, Chris. Yeah. So yeah, he's it's we don't, have to, we don't have to elaborate on it at all. But I just felt like we needed to at least mention. No, I, I think that's fair. Um, absolutely, it would be interesting. Uh, thing I'm. If we're playing Syracuse and that comes into play, we'll I'll we'll tweet at you and be like, oh, Chris was right. Chris, Chris, Chris brought this up, but hopefully it doesn't. Um, next question I saw is a little bit different. What's going to be the toughest game for Louisville this season? I think it's a little different of a question. I think it is. Do you have one that jumps off immediately to you? Because I would have to look. I mean, it, it, it's probably one of these games that's back that you have this backloaded schedule at the end. Yes. You have Clemson, NC state, Kentucky at the end. And then you have all those weird games in the middle. I think that Pittsburgh game at home could be pretty difficult. I was going to say that Pittsburgh game. <laughs> so tell me I why was, you were going to say that. I just think, you know, we, we Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh right now in that is of the ACC is where I think Louisville should be permanently. Louisville should always be, scrappy you know like th- th- this is the medium ground for Louisville in the teens in the in the top 25 you know not necessarily favored to be a ACC championship uh you know in the ACC championship but always there you know they're going to give they're going to give Clemson NC State when when they're good a, a good fight and, and I think that I, I th- Pittsburgh is going to be really interesting this season. You know, I know you're a little more, you're, you're a lot more down than I think a lot, a lot of the, the numbers um, kind of purport them to be um, on them. So I think that's just a tough game for sort of the psyche of where Louisville football is assuming like, let's assume, let's assume they beat Florida state. They beat, you know, maybe they start the season four and oh, four and, you know, maybe they lose those two Boston college and Virginia games after that home stretch there, or, or they're in three and three. I just think that, that's the toughest for the like the overall psyche. And you have then that Wake Forest game, that James Madison game. It's really important to me that that those three home games are overall successful. You have to leave those games and go into Clemson, NC State and Kentucky feeling really good 
yeah. or those or we're going to have the same exact thing we had. You know, you talk about be, feeling like you're on the same field or feeling like you can belong and compete with Kentucky. That starts to me with Pittsburgh. And, and it's funny, and I, I was going to I was going to say the same thing from like a very tangible perspective, because outside of Boston College, they're kind of one of those teams that's really hurt Louisville over the past few years because they're exactly. very physical at the line of scrimmage. They're going to run the ball. They're going to make passes between intermediate routes. They're going to be smart passes. They're going to dominate you physically. They're really mm-hmm. going to try to impose their will onto you, similar to how Kentucky will. Yes. So that will be kind of the first test for this team is can they stand up? I don't, I don't worry about them on the offensive line standing up to the physicality. I feel okay about that, mm-hmm. but it's just getting pressure on the other side of the ball. This is going to be a common theme that we talk about, but it's just been lacking so much. Right. Tackles for losses, fitting blocks, runs, not being 10 yards, runs being three or four yards. It's things like that. And Pittsburgh is probably one of those teams that presents that first challenge for me. I think that's a great point. I think, uh, I, I think that all makes sense. And any other games you want to spotlight here? No, I mean, I don't believe in NC state. We kind of talked about that earlier today. I just got done well, writing an article where, well, where you're, you're picking, gonna, I'm picking East Carolina to upset them actually in week one. Um, yeah, I just I, I, I mean just, I can talk about I can talk about them a little in depth if you want me to. Let's let's talk let's talk about NC State for three to five minutes. You go okay. ahead. You you just you just wrote it up. I don't want you to to step on it. Everyone go go read Chris's article. I'm sure by the time you listen to this, it'll be up. So uh but give us give us your 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 general thoughts on this uh you know this dark horse CFP candidacy for for the Wolfpack. Last two years they've been one of the least efficient offenses in the ACC. Last year, they were a little better. This year, they replace pretty much an entire backfield, bring back their starting quarterback, and have some offensive questions that they really need to replace. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I'm supposed to expect Dave Doran to fix these holes and for them to be a lot more efficient than they haven't been. And every season we come in, the last, literally, the last three seasons in a row, it's been NC State, NC State, NC State. And I get why people feel this way because they return a shitload of seniors because they all use their COVID year. But like they haven't addressed really any of the problems they had offensively. They're going to be a solid defense, but I don't know why I'm supposed to expect them to like be a double digit win team. Like seemingly they're 13th in the country, man. (laughs) 13, 13. Come on, dude. (laughs) I, I, I've, I've told you, and you know, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, speak for you, but you know, you and I have both, we're both dubious on the coaching acumen of one Dave Doran, both, both dubious on it. I'm, I'm not convinced that uh, I've never been convinced. I I, I think the, the only time that, that Louisville Lamar Jackson year loss to them, that, that, that was so embarrassing to me. I was just like, Dave Doran's a clown. We do this. How many times have we done this, Chris? We've done this four or five times. Oh yes. NC state, watch out for them. This is the year. They may be better than Clemson. We've done this so many times, so many times. And they let us down every time they've been like, 
they've been between like 10th and 8th like a dozen times it feels like i swear we've i've had people telling me that nc state is a dark horse person mark ennis locally famously it was like if nc state wins the acc i'll eat a live animal on air and that man did not eat a live animal like like, (laughs) nc state go ahead and maybe they'll actually be good but damn if you're going to predict it every year eventually you should be right Right. <laughs> I mean, to me, if they do that, it doesn't really justify. I just, the whole NC State stuff, just, I, I don't respect their program. I don't respect their basketball team. I hate Mark Goffrey, who's no longer there. I, I don't respect <laughs> anything about their fan base. I don't like them. And every year we do this. And every year I get told that, like, NC State fans feel like they're mistreated by the ACC media. And I'm like, bro. Look at the love your football team gets year in and year out. Stop that. <laughs> I'm glad we did that. I'm, I'm glad we did. Um, moving, moving right along. Um, next one, and maybe this is maybe this is too separate. What what for you is the most important or most improved thing that you're looking for this season? The single, you know, not as I, we're going to talk about player in a second, but what's the, the thing, the, is it the offensive line? Is it, you know, you know, rushing the quarterback? Is it, you know, the, you know, getting more the tackles for loss, the, 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 you know, place kicking game, the, the field goal game. What for you is the thing that you want to see most improved or you think you believe in could be most improved. I've been talking about defense too much. You can talk about defense if you want to again, but it, it's just going to nail. Like, okay. We're just okay. going to continue being a dead horse. I, I, I think I want to see this version of Scott Satterfield. Like basically what I, we started at the beginning of the show saying that Scott Satterfield kind of has a team that he wants offensive side of the ball. So mm-hmm. I want to see them really continue. They improved so much offensive from an offensive line perspective last year. I know we left the season with a sour taste in our mouth, but you can look at the numbers. You can look at whatever you want. They did. And I really, really want to see multiple games in a row of that offensive line, pushing people off the ball and to continue to build upon that. I mean, you bring in the guy, the Georgia weight room guy, what is his name? I I can see. Yeah, But we all know this, the strength and conditioning coach. We all know. You bring in that guy and he brings in a lot of energy to the team. You see him in all these hype up videos he seems like he has the pedigree for this type of thing. He's from Kentucky. You want to see kind of some of that on the field, some of that juice. I just want them to be physical and to look and to dominate teams at the point of the attack. And that's what I just keep saying. But from an offensive perspective, really, you could see this team maybe having a thousand yard rusher. And that would be a really, really big feat for this team. I want yep. to see those type of things. I want to see them beat people off the ball. It starts with a team like Syracuse. That is a team you are better than. Mm-hmm. Top, top, from top to bottom, you are better than that team. So go and impose your will against them and just leave no doubt. Even if the score you win by 10, make it look as if you were always in control of that game. And even in so many games last season, this is kind of like a big picture thing. Even in the games you won, you never really felt like you were fully in control of them, right? Yeah. Like the Florida State game, you were up by 20 or whatever, and it took a it took an interception to kind of still that one to end. Yeah. I mean, it, it rarely looked like you the were UCF fully in game. control. Yeah. 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 I, 
I so think that's, the, a, that's, a, I, that's a lot of words for no, but I think what you're talking about line dominate team. <laughs> I think what you're, you're also talking about it, and like not to, to bring it back to like the one word thing is like competency. I, I, I don't want to go to Louisville football games and scream. What the fuck are we doing? Which I did so many <laughs> times last year. I did that more times. If I had a dollar for every time I'd do that, I, I do it. My, my wife told me to stop cursing last year. Like, like it was just like, it's like, you got to chill out. Like, it's just that we, we were so many times I was hard pressed to understand what was happening on the sideline, what was leading us to make the decisions, what was happening on the field, the, the not rushing, you know, rushing three at a time, the running on second and nine, the, all of these things, the, the competency, I think is what you're talking about. And I feel that same way. It's it. I would like to have more games where I feel good about what's happening you know, not even just from a win perspective in a close, they play Clemson close. They do with just, just the process of it. Kentucky that maybe, maybe the ball doesn't, you know, some catches aren't made, but, but the margin feels less about uh, dumb decisions or mistakes than it does about maybe they're just better than we are. And that's okay. Yeah, that happens. You, <laughs> you point at that Clemson game and, you know, I can't recall the instances of that game, but I do recall, that there were multiple opportunities where it felt like Clemson was begging Louisville to win that game. Begging, absolutely begging. And, and, and they failed to take the opportunity. And even if you would have get that stop in the goal line situation there, you would have been like, man, we were lucky to get that win. And yes. not, we deserve to get that win. Yes. And that's yes. what I want to feel more, man. Yes. Like you, it just hasn't – it's been underwhelming from that perspective to where it's never been – just one of those games like where God damn, they played so well. And tonight just wasn't our night. It's always yes. just been like you, you thought Wake Forest game. You thought you were better than that team. Clemson, you weren't better from a pure talent perspective, but on that day, you felt yeah. like you were better than that game. Exactly. Than that team. You certainly felt like you, were, you were better than Virginia giving away. You led that <laughs> game through pretty much 75% of it. So Yeah. I, I want to fill a game. I want to say after a game, either we deserve to win that game or B, we just weren't that good. And we haven't been able to say that enough. That's fair. That's I, I was going to talk specifically about like Scott Satterfield's play calling or and both, both the, both sides of the line, just the, the play calling and feeling like why, you know, making the decisions. I wanted better decision-making. Um, and I think that that kind of goes hand to hand with what you mentioned. It's competency. It's, 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 uh, you know, feeling good about how things are happening on the field, even if they're not succeeding, you know, it's just, yeah. that's, that's, that's been my concern with these positive regression is, is yeah. Like Louisville's due to be more successful at things, but maybe my concern, you know, being, being the, as I've joked, the pound for pound biggest skeptic of Scott Satterfield, maybe it's not so much about what's happening on the field, but on the sideline. And I I don't want to feel that way. Every time I go to a football game, I just, I just don't, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being that guy. I'm tired of people joking with me that I'm that guy that I'm more negative. And I feel like I have to be more negative because I feel like some people are so willing and easy to be, uh, to see the sunny side, but we've talked through this enough. Uh, Tyler Harrow just tweeted out, keep that same energy, whatever that means. <laughs> it's somewhere in regards to uh, he, he came out and basically said a few weeks ago because I know the Heat were a factor in this whole Donnie situation that he felt like they didn't need him. 
And yeah, <laughs> he just popped out that tweet. Bro. Oh, goodness. Hey, can we um, get the bench players to stop talking like starters, please? <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about most improved player. What for yeah. you is, 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 is the most improved, the player you want to see with the biggest improvement that you think you know, can blow up here. I'm just going to do a total cop out and say James Turner <laughs> and say the place kicking. <laughs> and I'll let you do the, the, the heavy lifting on what you want to see. But man, I, I, I don't want to have to worry about the kicking game. I don't, I, I want to see a kicker that's, that's hitting 80% of his kicks. I don't feel like that's a lot to ask for, for an ACC football team. I really don't. Uh, can we just do that, please? Uh, that's clearly, you look at all these one-score losses, that's going to decide games directly. It directly mm-hmm. affected the Wake Forest game last year. It directly or indirectly in some ways affected the Clemson game, the outcome right. of those games. So, uh, yeah, that is pretty simple for me. Um, you know, if I, if I wanted to go a little bit more deeper, I, I would say maybe a guy like Kendrick Duncan at the safety position, the senior, shown some promise. It's kind of went up and down. There are some questions. I, I yep. think at the safety position, I feel pretty good about the corners with Clark and, and Chandler Jones. Um, but I don't feel as good about the safety position because neither of those guys, the Jalen Alexander, I'm not really too familiar with him. I know he played in some games last year. Um, I am familiar with Kendrick Duncan because he has shown some flashes. So for him to take that next step as a senior would be nice. Yeah, I was actually I was gonna say Josh Minkins, who I, it was a guy who really, had some either, ta- either either one of those guys. Yeah, I, yeah, he, he, you know Minkins, I think had some good talent. He was he was very well recruited by good teams, and I would just love to see him take a step forward this season. Louisville has had, you know, plenty of great safeties um, in, in their history. So you know, I'm glad you mentioned Duncan. Another one that jumps out to me is Amari Huggins Bruce, who who had flashes last year. I think could really turn in this could really big be his sort of star making season. You know, a little tutu Atwelly, um, yeah. you know, and, and and sort of be sort of that burner, um, if, especially if this offensive line really emerges and 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 you know holds things down the way that we think that they should or they're projected to. Um, I think this could be an awesome season for him, and, and kind of looking forward to that. Um, um, go you, ahead. You mentioned you mentioned him. I mentioned we're got a huge season for a guy like Marshawn Ford. Uh, yes, who's been. He's put together, you know, six, five, six games where he's been really, really good. Yeah, he's put a full season together where he is constantly. Yeah, yeah. I felt like last season there were some games like, man, this guy's NFL talent, and I felt like there were a few games where he it didn't feel like he was on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, him putting together a complete season, this is a huge year for him because I think that right. is a guy that 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 could be a pro, local guy. Com- would love to see it for it. Um. So yeah, humble like beginner. Mention too. <laughs> yeah, maybe he uh, he, he he was a walk on, right? He he was a walk on first, right? I think he may have been. Maybe maybe his preferred. Maybe think he's probably been asked before. What high school do you go to? You know, <laughs> you know, we, we we love that. We love that. <laughs> um, final final kind of big question before we go game by game. Uh, preseason MVP. Who, who's who's the most valuable player for the team? Who's the most important player to this team? Um, I have a feeling we're going to have the same person. I mean, come on now, it's Malik. Right? Give me you. You started talking a little bit before we recorded about Malik, and you started, and and I want I want you to continue that thought, and 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 and, and just his place in the 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 lexicon of Louisville, Louisville quarterbacks. It's a complicated legacy, man, isn't it? Because it is. he's been here, he's been here so long that by the end of the season, 
he's going to be ahead. Lamar Jackson in a few stat categories, maybe some pretty notable ones like rushing touchdowns or things like that. Things that you wouldn't expect. Mm -hmm. Um, But he hasn't had a moment. He had, he had a moment last year against Duke, you know, the run that got all the top 10 plays, but it was against Duke. I've seen it. I've seen that run a dozen times in the past month. Yeah. I, 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 I I don't want, I don't want that to be a defining moment in his career. I want it to be, even if it's in a loss, I want him to come out and throw for 250 and rush for a touchdown against Clemson. I want him to dominate a, a team like Florida State. He, he played well against Florida State last year, but it never really felt like it was like a dominant performance. I, I think he's capable of doing something special against a good team. Right. But we haven't seen it. I, I want I, – it's so easy to compare. I, feel like I, it's, it's... I love, I mean, I, sorry, I didn't mean to step over. No, go I ahead. Just, I, I want to say that it, it's been really, really cool to see Malik grow as a, I don't want to get too corny, but he's really grown on and off the field. Right. Like watching him in interviews and, and things like that. Like it's a guy that you look at and you're like, I'm proud that this guy represents the university of Louisville. Like he has grown so much. I feel like he's worked his ass off to be the quarterback he's been because he was very, very raw when he came here. And I, I want this season to be special for him because I feel like he deserves. It's, it's so interesting. Cause he, you know, you mentioned that he has, he has a story. He has such a, a you know, he he's grown so much. I mean, just think about the fact that he beat out Juwan pass, who was the hand, you know, the, the highly touted successor to Lamar, um, the McHale situation, the, yeah. the, you know, the playing through the COVID years, he, he has had such a legacy here and there isn't a foundational moment. I want, I, I want Malik to have his, Teddy against Rutgers moment. I want him to have that type of thing that we're going to go back, you know, 10, 15, 20 years now. Like, remember when Malik did this against Clemson or did that against Kentucky or, you know, just have that. He deserves that for this, this year, this, this season for him. And, um, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm happy that I'm so proud and happy that he's, that he is our quarterback and, and he's finally getting some of the recognition. And and I think he's been hard done by some of the way that the, some, some, some of the times that the balls have bounced, you know, I think we would be talking about things a little differently if we felt better about the defense the past couple of years for him, but you're right. He's not had that big moment against a, a, a big team, a team, a statement win. Um, and I, I want that for him really, really badly. So I, a hundred percent, he's the most important player of this team. He's the leader of this team for, for very good reason. Um, I'm excited. I'm glad that he is getting the national kind of buzz. And like we said, if Louisville, if Louisville wins eight games, if they, you know, if they win nine games, the path for Malik to be ACC player of the year is there. It's, 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 it's not a massive path, but it's not a small one in any way, shape or form. Absolutely. And I look at it from a different perspective. Like if Malik played at another school and you kind of looked at his resume, we would be saying that he's overrated. Yeah. We would be. Yeah. Because he hasn't he hasn't had that moment, man. It, right. it, I think it's totally fair criticism, but everything you say about 
I mean, there's a reason I don't think he's going to be this in this conversation because I don't think Louisville's going to be good enough. But there's a reason why people bring him up on these gambling shows as like a Heisman sleeper and things like that. I think that's a far-fetched. I want to be mm-hmm. clear about that. But people see that there, there are those flashes there. But, man, you just you, – you, you, you got to have that moment. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, anything else – before we get into the the game by game of it all, no, I'm good to go. Okay, Chris, uh, this is the the fun part, the part where people get to uh, come back and, and hold us against us um, later on. Let's go through game by game, give our wins, losses, and obviously we'll we'll come to something at the end of it. Um, so obviously, first up, you know, this Saturday night against Syracuse, Chris. I think we, we might be both on the same page of this. Where where are you with this? Uh, you know, I think Louisville wins this game by 14 or more. Um, maybe it's close, you know, going into the fourth, but I think they kind of mm-hmm. exert their will in the third or whatever and and, and kind of win by multiple scores. Um, I do think that this, this Syracuse team is probably a little bit better than some Louisville fans believe they are, but they're super <laughs> young. Um, they do have a lot of talent, but they're super young, and Louisville just kind of dwarfs them from an experience perspective. I've done a lot of work on Syracuse over the last few weeks because they're obviously Louisville's first game and right. I'm also all betting on this game. So, um, but you know, I, I, I think that Louisville is a game they should win. I think they will win. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Like you said, I, I, I just think we've, we've had, we've had Syracuse's number, you know, I, the, uh, you know, you and I always joke when someone's like, Oh, this is bulletin board materials. Like, didn't they already have like inspiration? It's the first game of the year. You should have inspiration for that. But, but the Syracuse people are like, Oh, like we don't think Malik Cunningham's that big a deal. Like it's just, it, why yeah. would you say that for a Louisville, a Louisville quarterback, literally like the most important thing that's happened to Syracuse football in the last 10 years is them getting jumped over by Lamar Jackson. Like, <laughs> why would you, why, why would you like, why would you invite that? Why would you bring that on? Like it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, um, you know, it, it's a win. It's a win for me. It's not even a question. Uh, a week, you know, six days later, uh, Louisville heads down to Orlando to finish out this home and home against uh, central Florida, the golden Knights. Interesting, you know, Friday night, you know, we we'll always joke about it. Week, week, weekday night for Louisville football on ESPN, uh, ESPN two, where, uh, where do you see this kind of ending up? I think this is uh this is kind of an interesting barometer for me. I think Louisville wins this game, man. I think they're a better team. Um, this is going to be a very trendy pick, uh, for Louisville to lose. I think they'll probably be about a one or two point underdog going into this game, depending on how the Syracuse game looks, if it kind of just goes, you know, the way we expected where it's just kind of like an average win. Um, I, I think that's what you'll see from a Vegas perspective, but I, I do think they win this game. The central Florida team is got a bunch of pieces that could be good, but nobody really knows if they are going to be good. And they play or who they play week one, and some, nobody like one of those bad games. Yeah. Um, but this will be kind of their first test. And I, I do feel a little bit better about Louisville playing a, a kind of a more formal opponent. Um, it's obviously it, it's a coin flip game, but at some point Louisville's got to start winning some of these coin flip games. Um, so I, I'm going to pick Louisville to win this one by six. 
That's five, I guess. Yeah, we'll do that. Fair, fair enough. Uh, UCF plays uh, South Carolina State, SC State, uh, for that first week. Go. Just just pull that up for you. Um, uh, you know, you said this is going to be a trendy P one for for people to 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 pick as an L. Um, and as much as as I've been a a, a critic, I, I keep going back to what they've lost. I mean, they're they're dealing with essentially a whole new offense. Um, you know, Dylan Gabriel obviously no longer there. Um, I, I kept we I looked at this from the perspective of, you know, UCF got the game robbed from them essentially last season. You know, like, like it's just that that it should have been a win for them. They are kicking themselves um, about losing that game at Cardinal Stadium. And as much as I feel like the football gods, uh, you know, will reward that back. Um, I, I just I'm struggling, you know, looking at the 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 SP, looking at the advanced metrics. It's difficult for me to to feel really good about um, them, you know, being better this year and then them getting that revenge. Um, so I 100 percent will will also be picking, um, you know, Louisville to win that game real close, real close first, uh, you know, one possession game, you know, maybe it's a, it's a last second, but just, just struggling to, to kind of see that for me. Uh, the third week of the year, uh, a Friday night against Florida state at home. What do you see? First hot take. I think Florida state is garbage. <laughs> um, I think Mike Norville is garbage. I don't believe that Jordan Travis is an ACC quarterback. I think Louisville should win this game by 14 or more, and I think they will. I'm very strong on this. Um, it, you know, Florida State opens the season with LSU, and that is going to be a game of two teams that are – nobody really has any idea what to expect, um, and so it'll probably be close. You know, Florida State had that game last year against Notre Dame where they looked really good, and I think they lost mm-hmm. like about six, and everybody's like, man, Florida State's back. I think you're going to see like a similar scenario this year where they start 2-0 or 1-1 and then they come to this game and Louisville beats them pretty handily. I I don't think Mike Norvell is a good coach and that's pretty much my analysis of this one. Uh, you know, they have all the talent, all these Florida guys, uh, but at the end of the day, you still probably have Jordan Travis as your quarterback. And <laughs> We own that guy, yeah. man. I'm not picking, I, I am not picking against Louisville and uh, playing against Jordan Travis. Um, I, I'm simply not going to do that. Um, you know, so, so uh, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, I, I think Louisville, I, I feel okay. I, I'm still nervous. I'm nervous, but um, I feel, I feel okay about Louisville starting this year on the right foot. Uh, I, I also have them winning that game. Um, week four, Eight days later against UCF at home kids day Cardinal family weekend at Cardinal stadium. UCF is bad. Chris or USF is, is bad is, is all I've got for this. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't pretend to know much about them. Um, I did read Mike Rutherford's, you know, kind of prediction for it and saw that they had a Baylor quarterback at transfer. Um, but that's about really all I know about him was based upon that information. They should win this game. It's probably going to be one of those games that's sleepy and, you know, they win by 15 or 20 or something like that, where it's probably a game for longer than it should be, but kind of really tough to maybe if it was on the road, um, you could look at it a little differently, but it, it's really tough to pick an upset here. I agree. Um, difficult for me. Uh, 
they're not they're not like i i can't even find them on I'm, i have smp pulled up like i think there's I, I keep missing it um i guess something like that uh they are one of the, so the, one, of, one of the great wonders for me is you know why DePaul basketball is so bad in chicago my south florida has been so bad for like the last four or five years but it's been the case we won like two games in two years or three games in two years something like that Yes, something like that. Uh, I'm sorry, I just found USF is 90th in S and P. Um, struggling, you know, like I said, just just struggling to to find a, you know, especially coming off the good vibes against um, uh, against beating Florida State. It's a little difficult for me to kind of put that put that as loss as, as conservative as I want as I might want to be about this. Um, October 1st, Louisville plays at Chestnut Hill, Boston College. Um, team that's you know kind of always had Louisville's number. What what are your thoughts, Chris? I think we're going to continue to follow along with, with each other here. I, I got this one as a loss for Louisville. Oh gosh, I think it's, <laughs> I, 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 think it's a, I think it's a tough ask. Um, you know, I think Jeff Hathley's a really good coach. That and I was going to say that exact same thing. Uh, <laughs> they have they have a pretty experienced team. Zay Flowers is all ACC type player. Yeah, and like you said, it just seems like one of those games where, for whatever reason, Louisville has been able to win, and it's at Boston College, right? Yes, yes. Ch- Chestnut Hill is not a hard place to play, but it's a weird place to play. That's exactly what I was going to say. Louisville's always, <laughs> it's always been it's always been weird. Like I just feel like this Boston College Louisville relationship since being in the ACC has always been weird. The basketball games have been way closer than they should have been, and or losses. Like mm-hmm. it's always been a weird kind of thing. And and I, I, I'm not you know I, I'm skeptical. Um, yeah, I, I, there's going to be a hiccup, and I think you know sort of a thing for me. It's difficult for me to do this game by game because I think there's quite a few games you know, between UCF and then this just entire middle up until, you know, up until James Madison for me is just either or games. And uh, I I'm struggling, you know, I I think they're going to lose a couple of those games and just struggling to figure out which ones they do. So yeah, I, I, I do see this as a loss uh, against Boston college a few days later. Uh, next, that next week, this sixth game of the season is at Virginia in Charlottesville team. You know, here we are, this team that, that, that Louisville absolutely should have beaten and absolutely blew that game last season at home. Uh, where do you, where are you at with this one, Chris? Well, let's flip up the order here. How about you go first on this one? I, I am picking this also as a loss. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't, I don't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't talk about this. Before. We did not we did talk so. about this at all. We did not talk about this at all. I, I do think the thing about the thing about Virginia is they're going to have a pretty solid offense. Their, their defense is going to be bad. They're ranked 105th in the preseason, <laughs> the preseason S and P rankings. Um, but their offense is, is, is going to be pretty good. Will be borderline top 25 offenses. Um, and, and I think that I think Louisville, as you're starting to get into the doldrums, they haven't had a bye week at this point. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see this defense at that point um, might just be tired out and, at at UVA, um, a place you know. Speaking of that, there's been some weird Louisville performances. Um, I, I see this. I see this as a loss. I think they're going to struggle on the road this season. Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of feels like one of those games where the lack of depth um, catches up with Louisville. 
it, this is this game and the Wake Forest games are huge turning point games for Louisville because you feel like if you can get one of those, God forbid exactly. you can get two, then you could be building some type of special season. But it, it's tough for me to pick pick them to win. I mean, if it was at home, I'd probably pick Louisville to win. But yes, Brennan, Brennan Armstrong's really good. Um, I talked about explosiveness before we started this. How Louisville was ranked eleventh, Virginia was ranked eighth. Um, so they were a more explosive offense than Louisville a season ago. And it, there's no reason they probably shouldn't be similar this year about that same. So this is like one of those teams that what makes Louisville unique in the ACC is Virginia can match all of that. Right. So, it, you know, it, it's tough for me to pick Louisville to win this game. So I, I think we both have them what four and two now. We have them both at four and two uh, going and into there's a- this is this is the week right here. Yep. Where you got to start thinking about some of that toxicity in entering the program that I talked about. Like, especially, especially if they lose one or, you know, I think four and two people won't feel too bad, but I think if we're looking at three and three, it, depending on where those losses are, that's where, that's where I'm concerned. It, it, the bye week comes at a nice point. Like if you're thinking about how the season will go, like it comes at a nice point, but it also comes at a really tough point where they've got to turn around after that bye week and immediately go against, you know, against Pitt. As I said, I think, I think that's, that's the game. Pitt is the game that will tell you about the rest of the season. Pitt is the game on the October 22nd. They have a bye week, you know, it really will be interesting to see how people are feeling. It's it's homecoming, which I don't think is as big a deal for, for Louisville, but I don't know. It's, it's um, be how you perform against Pitt tells me exactly how you will perform for the last three games of the season. Personally, it just, it tells me if we're, if I should feel good about nicking any one of those final three massive games against Clemson, NC state and Kentucky. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Pitt? Hey. Either or you choose. I think Louisville's going to split Pitt Wake Forest. It's really That's hard to exactly se- my it, thoughts. It, it, it's just really hard to separate the two. Um, so for the sole purposes of them coming off a bye week, I'll say that they win this game. Um, I, I think there are a lot of question marks about Pitt and how we're just kind of assuming that they're going to be fine. You know, losing Kenny Pickett. I think they lost an offensive coordinator um, to Nebraska. I just I don't know that I just need to give Pitt the nod to win eight yeah. or nine games. Like I, yeah. I, I think they're going to win tonight against West Virginia um, in, in the backyard brawl. But like, yeah, just I need to do a lot more. Well, not a lot more, but I need to do a, a decent another dig down to Pitt a little bit more. But on the surface, I'm just not ready to anoint them as being you know the team they were a year ago. I think they'll be solid on defense but I think it'll be a beatable team and a game you should win at home. I think, uh, you know, I, I can't disagree with, with any of that. I think that's a hundred percent fair. Um, I have them. I, I have them as an L I, 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 I get where you're, you're coming from. I just, this is, I think from the bottom, the, the basis for me is just, I think Pitt's a team that has the experience of, 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 being where they are right now, last year was a great year for them. And I think there's, um, they're, they're going to be able to handle any kind of adversity a little bit better than Louisville. And, and I just kind of rate, I kind of rate their, their, their coaching staff and their program, just, just a lot more than I, I do. I think Louisville at this point, even though we're, like I said at the beginning, I think this is where Louisville should want to be where Pitt is right now. Um, 
So I kind of have that as a loss. So I have that as three losses in a row, have them four and three, you have them at five and two, uh, going into wake forest, um, blackout, uh, a team that, you know, I, I don't mind going first year. I'll go ahead and give my, 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 my deal. I think they're going to win this game. I think, Wake Forest is interesting because as they've had this sort of kind of resurgence, Louisville's kind of had their number the whole time. Um, if you go back to, you know, since Scott Satterfield started here in 2019, gets that win at the 62 59 absolute barn burner with Evan Conley, uh, the 2020 year that was so bad. Louisville dominated Wake Forest in the final game of the, of the season last year. They only lost to them. Um, they lost at Wake Forest by three points. Another game they probably should have won. I, I, I just think, that if there's anything Scott Satterfield has a number of it's wake forest weirdly. Um, So I feel good about that at home. And, you know, I know they're dealing with their issues with, with health and their quarterback may or may not be healthy, but I I kind of weirdly feel like this is a ticket to the bank. Louisville is going to take care of business one. I have this fleeting feeling that Sam Hartman will be back for whatever reason. You keep mentioning that. Yeah. I, I, I just put that on the service and say that I anticipate him being back in this game. And with that in mind, I have to ask, does Louisville have a better combo than Sam Hartman and A.T. Perry? And I'm not sure they do. They don't. Can, they can don't. Malik Marshawn Ford be close? Can Malik Braden Smith be close? Can Malik Tyler Hudson be close? Amari Huggins-Bruce, however you want to put it. Can they be in the same realm of type of efficiency as those two guys? Maybe, but... I think that they're going to have two players. I don't know that Hartman's better than Malik, but I'd say he's a more polished quarterback. So even if that's a toss up, I do think AT Barry is pretty clearly the best wide receiver on the field. And that Mm -hmm. means enough for me to, to give Wake Forest the win in what's probably a really close game. So um, after seven or eight, eight games here now, right? We're, we're eight games in the year. You have Louisville with five wins, three losses. Uh, I have them with uh, four wins. You should have no. the same record, right? Yeah, we do have the same record. I lied. I'm sorry. Five wins, three losses. I don't know why I'm, I'm looking at my chart weird. I entered that wrong. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let, let's go to the this James Madison. I don't think we have to belabor this one. I think this is a buy game. You know, as much as people want to say James Madison, um, you know, ha- has this bit of pedigree when they were in, you know, kind of bowl the 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 FCS. Uh, I don't, I don't think. What's that that's weird gonna, about them is is that they've like the last three seasons or so they've been a really good FCS team, but right. this season it's kind of like one of their worst teams out of those four years. They're a six-point favorite over Ohio to open the season, which is pretty impressive for a team making its first year in FBS football. But I don't think I think they're going to be particularly bad given their standards. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, obviously we're both picking wins here, but I, I, I just want to say that. Yeah, I, 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 there's been some some Louisville media trying to pass this off as a better team than they are, and I get wanting to do that. It just I don't think the. I don't think that's the reality. I think, <laughs> I think that's a little bit of fan goggles and uh, that will take Louisville into the, the real gauntlet. Just this, the schedule is so backloaded. These, these are the three definitely most talented teams. They'll play all season. And they are the final three games of the year. First up Louisville has to go to Clemson. They have to go to death Valley uh, on November the 12th. I will just, I'll go ahead 
I, I don't see this as a win. Obviously, I just I, I'm not going to pick Louisville to beat Clemson until they beat Clemson. At this point, yeah. it's just it's too many bad things have happened against them down, especially down there. I'm just I'm not going to be I'm not going to to be that guy. Uh, what about you? Remember how that Clemson Georgia game kind of unfolded last year, and for four quarters, even though Clemson lost the game, their defense looked as every bit as good as Georgia's. Right. Yeah, I think. And, you know, injuries kind of unfolded for them and their offense was what it was. It was a colossal disappointment for them. But I think you're going to see a much fuller version of that Clemson team this year. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say they're, they're going to be the best defense in college football until Georgia, I see them play. But I think they're going to be right in that realm. Obviously, Georgia's defense last year was historic on so many levels. So I don't think they're going to be that good. But I think they could be as good as Georgia's defense this season. And for me, that's a scary thought heading into De- death Valley. Um, this game may be closer than it should, because I just don't believe in Clemson's offense right. very much yet. I want to see it, but you know, I, I very much in the same realm. I'm not going to pick them to win this game. That we have them both in the, the same place still, right? We have them at six, six and five. Um, yeah. Going into NC State at home, November the 19th on the Saturday, um, you know, for all that we said about NC State, Chris, I'm just I, I this feels like the game to me, the, the what what the Clemson games that have been close. Right. It feels like this is going to be the one that Louisville should have won. I don't believe in NC State. I don't think they're going to be in the college football playoff conversation by this time of the year, but they'll probably still be ranked. And I think this is to me the game that like, man, Scott Satterfield should have won this game. That to like if you can pick one game of like that would like dominate your season's kind of resume record story, whatever you want to call it. I think beating NC state at home probably would be a ranked win. It just would be a nice feather in the cap for this team. That's I I really think is going to have some ups and some downs and I don't see them doing it at home. Um, You know, I just think like you said, NC State just has so much coming back. They have, um, you know, so many people that know what they're doing. And as much as we want to joke on Dave Doran, I just see this as the Scott Satterfield shooting his foot or, you know, the defense shooting their foot type of situation. Um, I think it'll be a close loss. It'll be one that everyone's just mad walking out to their cars in Cardinal Stadium. What about you? Oh, they're beating these bums. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't I don't think NC State's that good, man. I just don't. I think their defense is solid. Um but I, I think Louisville has, by this time in the year, hopefully have a very established identity offensively. And I think they'll have a more complete offensive what NC State can offer. Um, I'm going to – don't really need to get too elaborate beyond that. I, I think NC State's going to be a team throughout the season that is very much searching for who they are mm-hmm. um, because they don't have proven pass catchers. They don't really – they have – Devin Leary at quarterback, but the pieces around him aren't really proven. And I'm not, you know, I mean, some NC state beat writers probably know tons of guys that are potential to step up in their roles, but I'm Mm -hmm. not sure I'm comfortable. You know, I I think Louisville wins this game. I I think this is a big step for Scott Satterfield and for the maturation of this football program. So um, I'll have them winning this game. Completely agree uh, that, that it's a big moment. Um, I, I I wish I wish I was more confident than you. <laughs> that takes us to the last game of the season. Of course, it's the battle for the bluegrass. 
the weekend of, of Thanksgiving, uh, November the 26th in Lexington, in uh, Commonwealth Stadium. I'm sorry, Kroger Field. I definitely didn't do that on purpose. Um, where where are you at? You know, you, you mentioned that you wanted Louisville to compete against Kentucky. Maybe this is a good time for you to, to Chris, and, and I, I can as well talk about how you feel about Kentucky, you know, going into this season. They obviously are you know, wanting to see themselves as a, a dark horse SEC East contender. Um, but I don't know if that's the case. Where, where, are you, where are you at? I think over the last three years, this is probably a Kentucky team that has the most question marks preseason. And I really don't think it's being talked about enough because people have just decided that Will Levis is who he is. Exactly. And I, you know, I, I don't want to be this stereotypical Louisville fan that just says Will Levis stinks or whatever, because I can understand why, the, you know, pro teams like him. He's a guy that's got a lot of zip on the ball. You know, he, he looks the part. He's a big physical, you know, looking guy. He can run the ball. He can break tackles. He can do this thing. But at the same time, he threw 13 interceptions a season ago. I mean, and, and you have going into the preseason, you have a lot of noise surrounding Kentucky. You have offensive line questions about, and that is very much at the core of who they've been as a program. If, if the offensive line is questionable or just average at best, that's a serious problem for Kentucky, I think. Um, you know, I think their defense is going to be good. You know, I I think they've earned enough to pretty much just say that regardless of who they have, their defense is going to be good. But I just I want to take the blinders off of being a Louisville fan, try to approach this from, you know, is an unbiased perspective as possible. And I'm not I'm not sold on Levis as a quarterback. I think that's fair. Um, I, I I think the Levis part, you know, being the fan of a team that apparently really rates Levis. Well, I, I, apparently they did last year and, um, you know, new, new coaching staff in New York, but there's been a ton of Levis to New York mocks. Um, you're talking about the Giants, just to be clear. The New York Giants. I'm sorry, not the New York Jets. I apologize to, to confuse anyone <laughs> who does. It might not be a normal listener. Um, you know, I am skeptical that it is, it is a Louisville fan to me part, but it also is like, who did this guy like really be? And, and I have joked with Kentucky fans and this is, this is going to come off trolley, but how much of Kentucky success is about Kentucky and how much of it is about the East just being weak is about Virginia not being good or not Virginia or Florida, not being good right now. Um, South Carolina being down um, Tennessee, they Tennessee, they beat them last year, but you know, pre in previous years, this has not been the Tennessee that, that you've wanted to, that, that you've been used to seeing. And, you know, I, I'm sorry, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about the fact that, that they get to play Miami of Ohio, Youngstown state nor and Northern Illinois. They, they, they're playing, they have the easier schedule between the two teams this year. I'm sorry. Like, I just like, yes, the SEC is the SEC. It's always going to be to some degree more of a gauntlet. But if you look at the pure numbers, I think Louisville's middle of their schedule is much better. And the bottom of their schedule is just as good as Kentucky's. And, um, I think there's still, I think Kentucky's still going to win eight games this year just because there's an easy eight games to find. It's easy for me to find eight games for Kentucky. Like that's, that's the floor for this team. Less yeah, than that. Just, and it's a failure. And, and I, I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy, but, but, you know, 
Tennessee is going to be just as good as they were last year. If not, you know, a little bit better. Missouri should be a little bit better. You know, Mississippi state, um, Florida, you and, you know, I think we're, we're down on, we don't think they're going to figure it out this weekend. They have the perfect time to play Florida. Kentucky does. Um, so I, I just, I just don't see how you can anoint Liam Cohen and Wanda Robinson, who are Liam Cohen's really good at offensive play call did wonderful job with Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Wendell Robinson's a hell of a player single-handedly yep. probably won the Iowa game is going to make lots of money in the NFL. I believe I, I think yep. he's going to be a good NFL player, but I don't see how you can think of them in such high regard. And then they leave and just automatically assume that's not going to have some effect on the field. Right. And I'm seeing just way too much of that. And maybe, maybe there isn't a drop off, but I feel like it's at least fair to ask the question. Uh, I mean, you have a guy like Javon Baker who transferred from Alabama could be good. Need to see it though. You have, there are these guys like, like Danky, you have, you have players like that pass catchers that can make plays, but they're not Wendell Roberts. So to, to naturally be skeptic of some of these expectations, I feel is reasonable, especially, especially when they're such a publicly beloved team to just automatically be second in the East. It, it feels like that never happens, right? Like it, there's right. always that team that everybody's on and, and for whatever reason, you know, they, they don't live up to those, those expectations. And, and um, she stayed in the AC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With all that being said, Chris, here's why I do not think Louisville is going to be Kentucky in the final week of the season. And it goes a little bit hand in hand with what, with what you've said, but almost similarly in the Clemson vein, I, I need to see Louisville compete in this game. I need to see a Louisville Scott Satterfield football team feel like they're more into the game than Kentucky is before I'm going to pick that to happen. This this this, this upset or, or to, to win in Lexington, especially that being the case. Kentucky has cared on the field to I, you can say whatever what Scott Starfield can say, whatever he wants about what he says in the locker room, how practices go. But every time I've watched these two teams play each other in this iteration, Scott Satterfield versus Mark Stoops, Mark Stoops' team has wanted it more, has cared about this rivalry more. It, it has looked that way, play in and play out. And as you mentioned earlier, to not feel like they belong, not e- to feel like they don't care as much as the other team cares is the most so, upsetting part of this la- rivalry right now. It's, it's, um, it's demoralizing. It's utterly demoralizing. It's utterly and infuriating. I'm getting angry talking about it. That'll, that'll bring a joy to Kentucky fans' face, and that's fine. I, I don't care. Like it's, it's exceedingly frustrating to feel like every facet of your program cares more about winning a game. It's always upsetting to feel like you as a fan care more about a coach winning a game, but it is enormously frustrating when that comes against your rival. And that's how we have felt the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. And man, I would love to pick Louisville to win this game because we could put the schedule up and we get a bunch of comments and retweets and, and people <laughs> would be all pissed off and people would be asking me if I want to bet this game. And I would love to do that, just even to troll. But I can't. There's just nothing that's been displayed to show you that Louisville can win this game. And look at it from the surface of, hey, Kentucky's got to play Georgia. They don't get a bye week. You're coming into this game. 
they could be pretty banged up. There could be some issues for Kentucky going into this game. But even with all that said, there's nothing to look at to say Louisville should win this game, even if the talent gap is closer than it was last year. Right. So, yeah. That's what we're pissed off about. That's what we're pissed off, and I think it's fair. I, I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll, I, 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 this is partially me just saying this because I want to feel better about things. I, I do feel better about. I, I do feel like if this team is bought in the way that that I think Scott Satterfield wants us to believe that they are, um, I, I think they'll compete a little bit more. I, the issues with last season, the big blue wall, mostly, mostly dismantled. A lot of those pieces are gone, right? right. Um, you you know, the things that Kentucky dominated doing, Louisville should be better at defending or, or countering this season. If you look at what's gotten better for Louisville and what's gotten worse for Kentucky, that it, it makes sense. This should be a closer game. I'm just not, I, I can't, I can't do it until I see it. Same thing with Clemson until even if it's, you know, let's say it's a three point loss next year or this year, then I might feel better about that next year. Um, but it's, it's really difficult for me to go down that route. So that takes us to the end of this, Chris, you have Louisville ending the season seven and five. I have them ending them six and six. So just off by one, you and I, um, where does that leave the fan base with Scott Satterfield at the end of the season? Seven and five keeps everything status quo. I feel like I think uh, six and six, I think six and six keeps it. I think I really do. I, 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 I'm, just, I, I just don't think you can really say that right now because everything's so it depends on how the things, how it goes. Are these competent losses or are these why is Scott Satterfield running the ball on second and nine? Why did we give up 21 points in the third quarter against Wake Forest or Pitt? Um, Why did did Air Air Force throw the ball? We look like they weren't allowed to do that. Like things like that, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, But it's it's I think this, um, you know, this game by game preview kind of shows where we are, where it's just a weird little season, man. And it's uh, the, the, as, as you know, you and I say the, the margin between six and six for me and four and eight, and then also eight and four, like that, that stratus is not that big to me. It really is. A little bit of eight and four. You and I both will be saying that we are wrong about Satterfield. Yeah. Right. Right. But I, I don't think I don't think the, the the competency meter for Satterfield has to go up that much for us to get there. Theoretically, yeah. it's just it, it was so far down. It's just get it to average <laughs> for me. You know, I'm not asking for him to be an above like an above average mid in game coach. I just I think average gets us to be a, a season we feel good about. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well said. Any anything else before we uh, we start wrapping this thing up? We've had people's ears for quite a bit. No, man, I, I think that kind of takes care of everything. For it's sure, good, uh, good preview for sure. Good preview. Um, this was this is fun as always, Chris. Um, I, I realized when I published last week's episode that it was the ninety eighth episode, not the ninety ninth. Um, so we still haven't had, we still haven't got to hundred. We could still do it. Ocean's 11. I don't know if we'll get there, but we should, we should try. Um, yeah, we should, uh, you know, let's, let's go cards, 
beat just do it scott just beat just, just beat syracuse make this easy on us and um hopefully we're celebrating something going into this next year all right guys thanks as always chris and uh we will talk to you guys next time